What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Give me a good mic check, you know, just do your thing. Check, 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 Hey y'all, and welcome to In Kaylin Color. I'm your host, Kendra, and I'm here to tell you all about true black crime. I want to bring the light, the unheard, and push down stories of black serial killers, lesser known murderers, and true tales of crime scene cleanup. The danger in ignoring black victims and perpetrators is not only in the devaluation of black life, but also in ignoring systematic oppression that makes black people more vulnerable to violent crime and less likely to receive justice. I'm not saying let's celebrate black crime, but let's just bring some light to it and let the people know what's really happening. True crime is horrible. Luckily, I'm not. Here we go. These are their stories. Welcome back to In Killing Color. We are on episode 10. Wow. 10. And it's amazing. So excited. So today we are talking about cults. We're going to do our second installment on cults. And we're going to talk about the biggest cults in the world to me next to Scientology and next to the Catholic Church. Yes, I said what I said. Scientology and Catholic Church is a cult. <laughs> Debate your mom. <laughs> Today, we are going to talk about the United House of Prayer for All People. Now, a lot of people may not know about that one because that is more of a East Coast situation and we do have a lot of listeners elsewhere. But by the end of the episode, you will know lots of things about them. Let's get to it. So everybody grew up, everybody goes to church. You have relatives that go to church every day. You have people that go to church only on Sunday, Easter Sunday, holiday, Christmas, whatever. But you have some people that go to church every day. And some of these churches, I would just say, are kind of, I would call them maybe a sect, maybe. That's just me. But some are, I will go to the extreme and call them mind-controlling cults. Just because they take over your life and your mind, it seems like. Um, Like I said prior a lot of y'all may not be familiar with the United House of Prayer. Um, here where we live in North Carolina, in the city of Charlotte, there's actually nine in the actual city of Charlotte. The same church, there's nine of them here. There's one in Concord and there's one in Gastonia. So there's 11 houses of prayer within a 30 mile radius. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. 
Um, the reason why you should basically familiarize yourself with this quote cult is because a lot of your family and friends, if you're Southern could possibly be members of it and unbeknownst to you and them, they are totally under the control of a man that they call sweet daddy. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. So is United House of Prayer an actual mega brand church or is it a cult? We're going to figure it out. But me, I'm leaning towards cult. By definition, a cult is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. So by that textbook definition, the house of prayer is indeed a cult. Debate Webster's Dictionary. Not me. Once a man is elected bishop of the United House of Prayer, the title sweet daddy or simply daddy is added to his title. He then becomes the daddy of all members and not daddy in the caring, loving way like a child refers to their father, but daddy as in high supreme superhero. Now, the reason why I fully believe that the House of Prayer is not a Christian organization, even though they file nonprofit, that's a whole nother situation. And I believe that they are a cult because sweet daddy Bailey who is the current bishop, has replaced Jesus within this cult. We'll get to why I say that in a few minutes. Everything, they they have like this parade every year up in um, Baltimore. They have a parade and people go there. They have signs. They have pictures. They have money in envelopes, giving it all to Sweet Daddy. And not only are all the members under the under the church or whatever required to direct all of their praise towards Bishop CM Bailey. And when I say all of their praise, I mean like if you're singing a song and you have the words Jesus or God, <laughs> they don't say Jesus or God. They say daddy. Imagine being in the front row of a church and you're singing a song with the word God and you hear everybody bust up talking about daddy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm about facing and I'm leaving. That's what I'm going to do. But either way, back to some history of the church. So the house of prayer was initially called the house of prayer for all people of the church on the rock of the apolistic faith. And it was founded by, I'm going to try to say it right, but I always mess it up. Marcelino Manuel de Garza, who was from Cape Verde. So in 1919, he built the first United House of Prayer in Wareham, Massachusetts, and then he incorporated the House of Prayer in Washington, D.C. in 1927. So according to all the church literature, <clears throat> the House of Prayer has 145 places of worship in 29 states, and the church has an estimated membership of 27,000 to 5,000 members. And that was as of like four years ago. So now I'm sure it's more. Uh, the United House of Prayer runs a soul food restaurant under the bottom. And let me tell y'all something. <laughs> that food be bussin'. B-U-S-S-I-N. Exclamation point. Bussin'. And if you're in college, like in Greensboro, they give you college students, if you show them your ID, you get food for free. So I would say that's probably the best thing that they have to offer is the free food. <laughs> The House of Prayer also does street baptisms, sometimes performed by water holes. 
and they have shout bands. Now, uh, for all you Southern gals, shout bands are a little bit different than a church band. Shout bands get the beat going and they drop the beat and you get, <laughs> you get busy in the church. Whatever. But it's probably worse than that. Cause I've never been to the house of prayer. Cause I don't want to catch that vibe. Okay. But back to more, a little information about the founder. So Marcelino changed his name at some point in his life to Bishop Charles Manuel, sweet daddy grace. So he was born January 25th, 1884 in Cape Verde, which is a Portuguese island off the West coast of Africa. He came to America on a ship called the freedom in 1903 and settled in new Bedford, Massachusetts. After leaving his job as a railway cook, grace began using the title Bishop in 1919. Daddy grace built the first house of prayer in Wareham, Massachusetts. Like I said before, for the cost of $39, (laughs) he built a church for $39. He later established branches in Charlotte and Newark, New Jersey. Throughout the 20s and 30s, Grace traveled America preaching and establishing the, the, I'm just going to say the House of Prayer for all people. The Constitution and bylaws of the House of Prayer said that in 1929, the purpose of the organization was to erect and maintain places of worship and assembly where all people may gather prayer and to worship the almighty God, irrespective of denomination or creed. Okay, so that means we take everybody, whatever you do, you can just come in the House of Prayer and give me your money. He traveled extensively through the segregated South in the 20s and 30s, preaching to integrated congregations years before the civil rights struggles of the 50s and 60s. So he was out there getting to it, preaching to everybody. Now, a thing about, I'm just going to say about Daddy Grace, (laughs) was basically the way he looked. Like, I'm definitely going to post pictures and all that stuff, but Daddy Grace was giving pimp tees. He had long straight hair. He had nails. He he had he had like like and he used to polish his nails. So his nails were like red, white, and blue. He used to wear like capes and big fedoras and like gaiters. Like he was giving looks every time he was seen. Okay? Every time. So they said that when he changed his actual middle name was Emmanuel. So he insisted that he was God and he had come to earth in the form of a man. That's when he changed his name to Charles Manuel Grace and said that the biblical references to grace were in references to himself. So basically every time you read in the Bible, something about grace, they were talking about him according to him. (laughs) Okay, girl. (laughs) Okay. So they basically refer to him as like a ambitious hustler. And he was able to convince groups and groups of gullible believers to worship him as well as Jesus and basically use the words Jesus and daddy interchangeably up until today. I was reading this article and they got a quote from an ex-member and this lady said she was talking to this interviewer and at the end of the, uh, the end of the interview, she was like, I'm grateful today for God's holy manservant, daddy Bailey and our Lord savior, Jesus Christ and daddy too. what look look (laughs) 
you know, we every time you want to talk about cults, like it just be like you want to talk about like most cults are like steal your soul, take you all your money, put you to work, take the drugs, kill yourself. We're aliens going in a spaceship. We're going to die on New Year's Eve, whatever. But this one is more so to me of like a brainwash as to where we will convince you to give us your money. You can still have a job and do all these stuff, but we're going to monopolize all your time. We're going to keep you in church until we reach the amount of money we want to make for the day. So you can go to church at nine in the morning and sometimes not get out till seven, eight o'clock at night. And that's a fact. Cause my auntie used to go to a church like that. And we was in church all day and all night. Ridiculous. At some point, Daddy Grace has started saying to people that salvation is by grace only. Grace has given God a vacation. And since God is on vacation, don't you worry about him. If you sin against God, grace can save you. But if you sin against grace, God can't save you. (laughs) I can't even stop. Like, child, at which point you can tell that he was basically interpreting himself as God and using grace god and daddy interchangeably and that is absolutely ridiculous uh one of the main reasons for the early success of the church was that the offerings went directly to daddy grace for in like investment into stuff such as like soap stationery, tea coffee cookies toothpaste face creams powder hairdressing and the grace magazine which he also had he had properties all over the united states and i'm not just talking about a building he had mansions he had cars he had coin like if you've never seen a house of prayer they're all massively big like they have gold steeples they have all these things and they have a set of stairs in the front that's like roped off in the middle of the front entrance and supposedly those stairs are only to be used by daddy grace himself not any of the other people just daddy grace so when he's supposed to come back from the dead and save the members of the congregation he's supposed to walk up those stairs at the front of the church to all 145 churches just to walk up the steps and come get everybody okay (laughs) after bishop grace died on january the 12th 1960 in la Bishop W. McCullough succeeded him and he served there for 31 years. After McCullough, you had Bishop Madison and now we have the current bishop, which is Bishop Bailey. Now, a lot of people say that Bishop Bailey, he's the one. They say that he's the one and by he's the one, I mean, he's the snake. One of Bishop Bailey's homes in Charlotte is a 16,850 square foot property that basically sits on a land that's big enough to basically have 30 single family homes. Just think about that. According to Mecklenburg County tax records, they own the property and it's valued at more than $15 million just in that County. So that plus all the other churches is $15 million. The point of that is that that big house, cause we drive, I drive past it all the time. That big old house is empty for the majority of the year. He only stays there for about one or two weeks a year and then any other time it's empty also they don't pay any taxes on that house because it's owned by the church and the church doesn't pay any taxes so it's giving cash 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 
So there is a group of people that are obsessed with Bishop C and Bailey and they call themselves the daddy's club. This club is a closed group that requires an entrance fee to get in. And just about all 150 congregations in the United house of prayer have members to this club. The membership fee starts at $2,000 and the members of this club get nothing from sweet daddy in return. Not even a thank you. Being in this club means that whenever sweet daddy is at their church, they better be prepared to put even more money in his hand. The minute he walks into the sanctuary. Also, that is the only time that daddy's club members are allowed to touch him is when to put money into his hand. <laughs> My man walks through. I be feeling like the man when I walk through because it's giving coin in hand. And outside of that, do not touch me, you broke ass bitch. Do not touch me. <laughs> I don't, it's wild. So after Bishop Madison passed away, uh, Bishop Bailey inherited the 501c3 empire worth over a billion dollars. In fact, there was a member, he was who, a member who was a member of the church when Daddy Madison passed, said that his wife was the one who made, made sure that Bishop Bailey was elected by 90% of the vote. But once you have 90, you at least were still in charge. But if it was less than that, then you didn't. Um, they basically said that for a while, um, Bishop Madison's health began to fail. And then by 2005, he had become incompetent. So his wife took over the preparation, preparation and operation of the church using a stamp to basically sign all the papers. She then used that stamp to put Bishop Bailey, who was actually the head of the church in Augusta, to succeed her husband. So she basically finagled Bishop Bailey into being the new bishop, the new daddy of the house of prayer. Yeah. So it's giving Joanne the scammer is what it sounds like to me. It's giving scam. Obviously the church stays with tons and tons and tons and tons of lawsuits because somebody's, somebody's going to get mad. Family's going to sue. People are going to sue. That's what they do for that. There was a member named, he was the elder of the church named elder Alfred Harrison. He filed a lawsuit against the house of prayer for failing to allow the family to bury the elder at the church. At that point, Bishop Madison excommunicated Alfred because he became vocal about the fact that he was not do, being able to have what he needed and that the financial reporting was all fucked up. So despite paying over $500,000 to the United Prayer House of Prayer during his lifetime, the family was not allowed to have his funeral at the church where he was a member and donate all that coin. They said that the court, the court said that the family tried to enter the church and they were physically escorted out. And then once uh, Bishop Bailey took over, he continued that ban and that family is still banned as of today from 1994. <laughs> so, yeah, I gave you $500, half a million dollars and I can't even come to this motherfucker. It's giving pipe bomb. Okay, because it's not. It's giving pipe bomb. I'm not going to be able to do it. So in the house of prayer, there is at all locations, there is a location called the Holy Mountain. That is a special chair that sits on like above everybody in the church. And it's covered with plastic year round until Bishop Bailey comes. No one other than the pastor is allowed to touch that chair. 
no one is allowed to go up there other than the pastor. And at which point it just sits there vacant until he decides to come. And if you decide to break that rule, you are basically excommunicated from the church. So there was a guy named Ronald Belton. He was becoming, he was about to become the leader. So Ronald was sitting at the top of the food chain. He was like, yeah, baby, I'm about to be next. It's about to be my shit. You know, so come to find out, Daddy Bailey was super jealous of Reverend Belton um, because he was popular and Daddy Madison was like on his thing. So basically, they tried anything they could do to kick Buddy out of the church. They said that one day some lady told them that Reverend Belton had went up there and sat on the chair. And basically it came down and he got excommunicated from the church, which was some bullshit, but he got put out because he was popular. So it doesn't sound like Bishop Bailey is the greatest guy ever. But, I, you know, I don't know. I don't go there. I don't, I don't partake in them things. I don't, I don't do that. The top tithers in the entire organization are ranked in a top 10 list. The pressure to remain at the top 10 list is enormous. And that was proven by this lady that lived in Charlotte. Her name was Euphonia Green. This lady recently pled guilty and she was sentenced to 46 months in federal prison for embezzling $5.1 million from her job to give to the church. (laughs) She risked her freedom and her career to take money to give to the church that is literally giving her nothing back. This couldn't even get a handshake from sweet daddy. Sweet daddy ain't giving out no handshakes, girl. The feds were able to track the money to her house. She actually was buying stuff for herself too. She was getting house, vacations, properties, clothes. She had started some businesses, but she donated almost $2 million to the house of prayer. And she was definitely one of their top 10 givers. So listen, if she was a top 10 giver and she donated $2 million, what are these other people donating? We don't know. I don't know if she was two, three, four shit. She could have been 10. (laughs) We all know cults take your money. They take all your worldly possessions. This cult is a little different, like I said earlier, because you can still work, have a career, have a job, have your own money. But in order to be recognized and be favored, you got to come up off the cash. And it's not $100 in the pass around drawer. It's giving $2 million of financial fraud coin for them to recognize you on the top list. They also have something called a tithing auction. And it's basically a group of men who compete to give Sweet Daddy the most money during his visit to their church. So he doesn't go to every church all the time. So he floats around. This is how that works. One of the men would lead off with a dollar amount, say $1,000. Then someone else would stand up and say, I got 1500 Of course, they would keep going, blah, 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 blah. And, and Sweet Daddy was in there. And say the final coin was $3,500. And it goes on. And then once that, once that auction goes like up to whatever it's going to do, not only does he get the top fee, but he gets all the money in between that too. 
So if somebody pledged a thousand, fifteen hundred, three thousand, thirty five hundred, he's getting all of their bids. Not just the winners, he's getting every coin somebody said. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. If it's a bid, shit, I should have said a dollar. But I said a thousand because I thought I was gonna win, so I didn't think I, I didn't win, and now I still gotta pay a thousand dollars for what? In the words of the immortal Eartha Kit, for what? I don't. What it? What are you? What are we doing with all this money? I, I, I'm, I'm about to not read nothing else. I want to know what we're doing with all this money. You don't pay taxes on your house. Whatever bills you have, the church pays them. You, is it just buying cars, buying vacation properties? Y'all are old. Y'all don't look good. You're dusty. So it'd be like, what exactly are you doing? I don't understand. It's kind of like, where are we getting, where, where's the money going? What are you doing? Are you bettering the churches? Because the bathrooms in the churches look like shit. Or maybe it's going to the food. Maybe it's going to the salaries for the church officers. Because I think the church officers getting paid. And if you ain't paying no bills, what is doing? I would like to know. I would like to see financial records, but the way they're set up, those financial records will probably implode into themselves if somebody outside of the building put their finger on it <laughs> because there's some shady shit going on in that damn church. And I don't know what they be saying because I'm not going to go in there and I've never been in there. But there's no way you can convince somebody to give up all their money, steal from their jobs, spend all day at church for Nothing in return but, quote, spiritual guidance. Y'all are stupid. You're stupid. It's giving zombie. It's giving sheep. It's giving lemmings. You can be mad. Do what you want. I seen a lady in Family Dollar the other day, and she had a house of prayer necklace. And I said, girl, (laughs) where you get that necklace from? She was like, oh, I'm a member. I said, oh, are you a top 10 member? She was like, excuse me? Oh, bye, girl. Have a good day. (laughs) Like, I know a lot of people are funny about, like, churches and stuff like that. But it's like, you need to look, pay attention to that. Like, y'all just be trying to get on, like, cults that be out here really be like, we're a cult. This is what we do. Might kill some people. Might kidnap some kids, might impregnate these kids, but you know this is what we're doing. But these other churches, you don't know what the fuck they're doing. All these stories about Scientology, shit, Daddy Grace was friends with fucking Jim Jones. And you know how that went down. You should, anyway. If you don't, you better figure it out. He was friends with all the, just all the different mega church leaders who had mega churches that people thought were specialized, but they were like sex S E C T S. So I want y'all to put on your thinking caps, do a little research on the house of prayer because it's giving sucker. (laughs) I, I mean, I grew up in the church. I really did. And I had a great time at church. 
They took my little $3 I had from my, my grandma had gave me my little $3. I put it in a collection plate and went on about my business. New building fund. We didn't get a new building fund. So our church went uh, burnt down. But we had a new church, though. Cause we had a new building fund. House of Prayer ain't going to burn down. But I bet they got a new building fund and they can build a new church today. And that bitch going to be 10,000 square feet with gold at the top. And you still going to have to pay for that, too. Hey, at least you can get some free chicken after all that, right? <laughs> Thank y'all for listening to my rant and raves about the cult that is the United House of Prayer. Please follow us on all social media. In Killing Color. Follow my producers. It's the Sweet Talkers. Theme song by Remix Maniacs. And our research, Shade and Tea, was provided by me. See y'all next time. Bye. So I just want to know where I can get some chicken. <laughs> Shit, it's two up here. It's literally two. On There's two on Betty's Ford. There's one off of Sugar Creek. There's the one off of, in Gastonia, there's one in Concord. There is two downtown. And there's one more somewhere. So I'm sure that I've seen it and I just haven't noticed it. It's one of those things I'm sure, but damn. It's one of Old Statesville. That's where it is. Nine? It's nine here. For what, yo? Do they talk, do they do like, do they talk about the same thing at each location on Sundays? I don't know. I don't even be seeing nobody out there. I've never even, honestly, like until you, I've never heard of these people. I don't, I didn't know this. There's a church like that. When I talked about that property, there's a church in front of that house. Like they have a house of prayer in front of the house. Mm-hmm. So behind the house is the big, huge house. But in the front is the church. <laughs> Just drive down Statesville one day and ride past that place. It's like, you can't even like pull into the church parking lot because they have it gated off. I ain't even gonna lie to you though. When you, when you said sweet daddy, man, like that's, I couldn't take it. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> forgot that it was coming. And just, I'm like, you really expect people to and they do and they don't think twice about it when they say it they're like yeah so daddy um put us in the and you be like your dad no sweet daddy (laughs) sweet daddy What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.